All right, everybody, welcome to the car cast. Uh, after missing a couple of games, all Sean's fault, by the way. All my fault, I take the blame. Uh, we're back. Owen Newkirk, Sean Shapiro, for those of you that haven't already figured that out from clicking on the link through Twitter or SoundCloud or both. And uh, here we are. After not riding together for two straight home games, spanning a bit of time, right, because of the uh, the road trip in between that. Yep. So we have our first, I think our first car cast since the, uh, what was it, the Toronto game? Yep. 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 We didn't do the Ducks game. We, I think we'll do the next one. We will do the next That's one. That's the plan. Yep. But here we are. Okay, enough preamble. Yep. Stars win tonight over the LA Kings. And Sean, this was a really important result to avoid a four-game losing streak and also a big loss for the Kings because they have now lost five in a row, a terrible way to start a season. But better to do it now than when the Stars did it in March last year. However, well, however, not a, pretty, not a pretty result, but an important one regardless. Yeah, it was a game where I think it was actually a pretty fair assessment from uh, Stars coach Jim Montgomery after the game where he said, I felt like we didn't play a 60-minute game, we played a 37-minute game. But I think yes. that actually, I think that's pretty fair. Um, I thought there was some good moments. There was there were some good moments from the Stars. There were some things that they did really well at certain times, but there was far from the... Uh, I think they, it, it's it's funny because we talked about managing game situations and managing the score and everything like that. And almost in my mind, they managed the score too much in the third period. Yes. Where it's one thing to it's one thing to play a bit smarter, to play a little bit more conservatively when you're leading one by a goal or two late in the third period. But they didn't have a shot on after Tyler Pitlick's power play goal that made it four to two. They didn't have another shot on goal for the entire for the entirety of the game. It was kind of bookending it, Sean, because in the beginning of the game, there weren't any shots on goal for a couple of minutes. Then the Stars had one pretty innocuous shot. There were no scoring chances the first four minutes of the game. And then the Stars get a goal. Blake Como, first as a Dallas Star. Great play by both Jason Spezza and Jason Dickinson. Uh, Spezza made a great pass to keep the play alive. And then Dickinson, really nice work behind the net. This is jumping ahead in the game a little bit, Sean, but Blake Como had by far his best game as a Dallas star. Young, young, uh, or short sample size, but after a couple of shaky games early, it's nice to see him starting to blossom a bit to the player that we've seen for so many years in the NHL because that is a, he's a guy that really has to be productive for the stars to have depth scoring, and he was good tonight. Yeah, Should have had more than one. Yeah, uh, and I think you can say it's him. I think Jason Dickinson had his best game as a Dallas star, too, actually. Yeah. It's definitely certainly the best game this season. Um, I mean, he scored in his NHL debut, so maybe that one that maybe that maybe one trumps things in your mind. But I thought tonight was, as far as games I've watched in person from Jason in the NHL, tonight was his best NHL game in my mind. I thought he was good. I thought he skated well. I thought he looked he looked like he belonged for the full extent of the game. And we've talked to Jason before. That's something that has been his issue, and he's he's pretty cognizant of it and he's been willing to talk about it, how there's times where he's been trying to find that spot and find the spot for him both physically and mentally in his mind where he makes a difference and feels good every shift. And right. He looked like he did tonight. Yeah, and I think that... the. One thing that was funny about the way this game played out is the Stars dressed 11 forwards and 7 defensemen, 
And I love Jim Montgomery's comment after the game. When asked about it, he said, seven defensemen didn't work. Yes. 11 forwards was nice. He yeah. enjoyed that. And the funny thing, Sean, that I really was surprised at was how much they were able to get all 11 forwards into the game throughout the game when they struggled at times to get all four lines of 12 forwards going tonight in, in past games this season. And there was, I mean, if you were writing down who was playing with who tonight, the lines you needed a couple of napkins because it just would have been gigantic. Yeah, it was, here's here's the funny thing, this, this number stuck out to me, is it was 11 forwards, everyone played 11 minutes or more. Yeah, which is good, like good balance. Was, yeah. Good balance. But um, not great continuity of line. No. I don't know if that was necessary. I think that also played in a little bit of the helter-skelter yeah. nature of the game. But I noticed everybody tonight at times, and so I saw good things from all the forwards. Yes. I not agree. necessarily the entire night. Some forwards were up and down. Others were better than others. But everybody had at least something that I, I saw during the game. I said, oh, I like that. I also think this is a lesson. This is as much as a lesson for the players as it is a lesson for the coaches. And I think it's something that a lesson that and Jim Montgomery's in his first season, and he's admitted that he's learning things. Sure. But I think tonight is the type of lesson where you need to take the lessons of, now not all of the line mixing, but you need to take the lessons of getting everyone involved in a game like tonight yes. and be able to apply that when you have – 12, 12 forwards. And keeping and being yes. able to apply that with consistent lines? Yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So I think that's a lesson that the coaching staff can, can take from tonight. What can we do? Because I would assume how things look based off both what we heard, what we heard after the game, and based off looking at probably Radulov hopefully back in the lineup on Thursday, we're going to be back to 12 and 6 on Thursday. I think so. I don't think that yeah. – even if Radulov isn't in the lineup, which I – think that it looks it's looking yeah. better but I, I think even if he isn't yeah I don't see any way they do 7D yeah and there were some mistakes tonight on defense and Sean it was definitely the guys that are on the bubble that were the ones involved with that yeah and, and some some big ones too just as far as the like the we the, the goal for the, uh, the Tyler Tufel, uh, Tufoli. Yeah, Tufoli goal can't speak right now I'm with you um, his 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 play where Mark Mathot and Connor Carrick are way out of sorts on that play. You could see Mathot. I mean, Mathot, I didn't like Mathot's body language, actually. He was not very happy with, yes. with Carrick on that play. But that was a play where, and we asked Montgomery about it after the game, and that's a play where they teach the defenders to stay between the dots on the stretch pass like that. Inside the dots. Inside the dots, yep. yes. And you, where, if you look where Carrick was, he was not in between the dots in any way whatsoever. Really not covering the, the danger yeah. part of the ice. Yeah. He right. basically he got lost tracking the left winger on the play, and then because of doing so, it opened the space where the right winger came across and just was in on the breakaway. And why are we focusing on this? Well, because Stephen Johns is getting closer. Uh, he said personally that he's targeting Sunday's game in Detroit, Detroit at the beginning yep. of the road trip. We'll see what the coaching staff and the medical staff decide. But if he does come back, and he will eventually, whether it's this Sunday or just beyond that, it really seems as though there are three right-handed defensemen fighting for one spot in, in the lineup. Yes. And that would be, of course, Polak, Carrick and Honka, and you know it's funny, Sean. I would have put my money on Carrick as being the first option, but Roman Polak was the least uh, liable defensively tonight. Yeah, I mean you have Carrick. We mentioned the stretch pass there. 
Julius Honka had a stretch tonight where – He had a couple of real howlers. Yeah, he had the one that stood out the most to me, and it's the one that is funny because on the video board everyone cheered for him at first because he comes over and he makes – he comes back and makes the block at the end of the play. But there's the – Talking about the one that saved the yeah, goal? Yeah, that the block that made – but before he had to make that block and got back, he has a horrendous turnover. His body language was terrible on mm-hmm. the situation. And then Bishop makes a big first save, and then and then he's like, oh, "Okay, I'm gonna get back." The play like that was, yeah, that was bad. There um, were some head scratching moments for number six. And yeah, look, here's my issue, and I I'm not trying to bag on Honka too much, but he's young, and everyone says, well, you know, as young defenders are learning, they're going to make mistakes. Haskinen got caught a little bit tight yeah. at a moment, but he yeah. won't make that mistake again. Or if he does, it's going to be few and far between. We've already seen from him how that will. Uh, how quickly he picks up new new things. Usually with a young player of any position, yeah. but particularly a defenseman, you say, well, you're going to make some mistakes, but you're also going to see some really good things that will outweigh him or balance him out. Right now, I'm not so sure I'm seeing a lot of things from Honka that are balancing out the mistakes. I've not either. That's that's a very good point, because that was something that we'd always talked about with Honka in the past, is why he should play more, is what he can bring to the game. Especially offensively. Yes, and right now, we haven't seen any of that. No. Uh, Boy, Miro Haskin was close to the tonight yeah, to getting a goal, was wasn't he, on that shorthanded close, yeah. rush? Here's the interesting thing about that, as we sort of go away from Honka for a minute. Uh, Stars are shorthanded. Uh, great rush by Shore, Yanmark, and then Haskinen jumps into it and turns yeah. it into a three-on-two. Yanmark gets the pass across to Shore. I think I'm thinking he's going to go in and shoot. He sees Haskinen in the in the high slot, drops it to him, and then it's blocked. Yeah. Good chance we're thinking this might be at his first NHL goal. He'll get it at some point. And then counterattack power play rush for the Kings leads to a scoring chance. But there's Miro back defending. He's able to recover fast enough to be involved in it, even though I'm sure the Stars are probably thinking, you have the lead, you're shorthanded, why are you jumping up into a three-on-two? But his recovery speed it continues to amaze me. We've seen this before, but it's just, you look at it and go, wow. Yeah, he's he's an impressive He's something player. else, I, isn't I, he? I talked to a couple people today, tonight at the game, who scouts, for, I talked to a couple scouts for the game tonight from different organizations, and they... Couple, one who had not seen Miro play before tonight live. And, and they were, for the people listening yeah. at home, the most important thing, Sean chose to go talk to a couple of his scouting friends at the media dining meal before the game. <laughs> when he accompanied myself and Bruce down there, we're going to sit together. All of a sudden, Sean's off sitting with, I think it was the Maple Leaf scout that was in attendance. And yeah, it's just what he does. He's always looking for the next scoop. <laughs> Didn't hold a grudge on that, of course. Anywho, I talked to a couple. I talked to a couple. You want to brush that one under the rug? I talked to a couple of my, uh, couple of scouts tonight after the game. Who one of them who had not seen Miro play live before tonight, and they were raving about him, and they were talking about how in their report just they were in their report back just what they had seen tonight about just as the small details and the way that's where, just it. And they were talking so much about. The little things, and the one thing they brought up, they said there was a stretch during uh, when the Stars were on the penalty kill, and they just watched him on the penalty kill, just to see what he could do on the penalty kill, and they were impressed, so impressed with just his little work in a one-on-one battle, and whether it was trying to move a guy positionally, just things like that that they brought up. Um, it was the hype um, is real on this yes, kid, yeah, and it's, it's a, fun to watch. 
the thing that blows us away is not just the fact that he does these little things and these simple plays and smart plays and then does some dazzling, flashy things every now and then. Is the fact that he does this, and then you remember how young he is, and the fact yeah. that he doesn't have 10 games of NHL experience yet, and he's a teenager, and you go, you're not supposed to be able to do this at the best, the highest level in the world, this young in your career. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, I, I hope we're not overselling it. I don't think we are, of how special this kid is already. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's so fun. It's fun to watch to see somebody succeed like this and step in and kind of live up to it. And to live up to this yes. obscenely high bar that's been set. Yes. And it was, it's, it's, it's nice to see. And he's playing, he's playing 20 minutes a night. And it's, I think we overuse the word kid sometimes because sometimes we'll say, oh, let the kids play. And really we're talking about a 23-year-old. Which in hockey terms is by far not uh, yeah. anything from a kid these yes, days. Yes, And so we overuse the word kid, but he actually is a teenager. Yes. He's so, 19 yeah. and he's playing the way a 25-year-old NHL defenseman with, would play yeah. or more. Yeah. And yeah, actually, he's something else. Speaking of defensive real quick, I actually thought tonight he had the goal, but I actually thought John Klingberg had one of his better defensive games tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't seem to be putting himself into bad positions yes. too often. Yes. Um, I'm going to segue that because I saw yeah. one of the questions that came in. Um, so we're not going to the lightning around yet, although we could jump to it if you wanted to. Uh, Bra- Bradley tweeted in, uh, Bishop had a great game tonight, but he is getting a little too careless coming – out of the or is he getting a little too careless coming out uh, of the net to play the puck? Almost played it in the corner a couple of times. I say no. I say no. I, there I, were a couple instances tonight where he got the puck and he looked like a, a defenseman with how smoothly he moved it, spun, dropped back into the trapezoid, so he didn't play it in the corner. Yeah, he and did. Then, I mean, he did. Okay. The one thing to just to Bradley's point, and I agree, there were two times Bishop should have gotten penalties uh, where he actually did play the puck over the over into the corner. Did he really? He I didn't did. notice it. There I was, thought there was one where he there, pulled it just there, around. There was it. two. Okay. There was there was one where he may have pulled it around in the first and the right corner. Then there was one in the left corner where he. Did Definitely touched the puck, and he actually had that bit of that sheepish like. Mm. You could, like I did. Like you that. saw him hesitate. I, I did that, and there was, and so he had two moments like that. However, he's got to watch that, but he, he has to watch where he is in, the, in that situation. But I don't want him to change anything he's doing stick handling at what all. What he does I, back there is it makes such a difference for the retreating defenseman with pressure coming from yeah. the four checkers to be able to give them that extra instant or split second, the little breather to be able to get the puck back out of the zone. Yeah. And you see it constantly. And Bishop makes a huge difference. And we've talked about this at length because it's not just the fact that he can stick handle, but it's the decision-making that he does. Yes. He had a play to Klingberg tonight where he got the puck behind his own net, heard the, the pressure coming, threw a backhand, and then kind of threw a little bit of a, a pick yeah. behind the goal. Not enough to take a penalty, but those subtleties give, for example, in that instance, John Klingberg, that extra yeah. little tick of being able to get it the other way. And it's it just I notice it all the time now, and it is a remarkable detail that really helps the Stars game. Yeah, and he was he was really good tonight overall. I mean, he was really good. He had the two goals against. You can't blame him for in the third period. He made a couple tremendous saves. His um, save on Nate Thompson was his best of the season, yes, I think. I think and so. And he stopped Thompson on a backhander uh, shorthanded in the second period, which was big. Mm-hmm. And he, he had some saves throughout it, but that one in the third, Thompson had to be thinking because it was, he, Bishop was going to his right. Yes. The puck deflected to Thompson's stick. 
the other direction to the left, yeah. and he was still able to get back and make the save. And as I said before, Thompson had a couple of really good looks. He had to be thinking, this guy's got my number tonight. It was one of those situations with that Thompson save that really is impressive is because there are times a goalie's out of position because he's doing something wrong. Yes. Bishop was out of position because he was doing the right thing, and it was a broken play going in the back, but he was still able to recover. That was the thing that was most impressive about that save to me. And usually the most exciting saves are the ones where you are in position yes. perfectly because it's an improvised save. Yeah. Or and, and, and Bishop, we looked at, it was if you're looking at goaltending styles and how guys play tonight, tonight was kind of fascinating to watch just because of the two guys across the ice from each other, where obviously Bishop with his size is the more, is, is, is more, the more patient, more of the, um, Less aggressive. He's aggressive when he's puck handling, but the less aggressive, uh, less aggressive in his positioning in the crease and, and kind of letting the play develop in front of him. Where on the other end, we saw the very you get to see Jonathan Quick, who is one of the most aggressive goalies um, and makes himself so much bigger than he actually is because of how well he cuts down the angles, how aggressive he gets. But mm-hmm. it was almost, and it was it was just as and that's a side note that it was just interesting to watch if you're looking for now goaltenders. Goaltending style now is not nearly as different as it used to be. Every goalie is the typical – most goalies are the typical butterfly goalie now who – so you don't have stand-up guys on one end and guy playing butterfly on the other as much as you used to. But if you were looking for more nuances within the style of today's goaltending, tonight was kind of fun to watch on a nerd level for that. <laughs> Uh, next question is actually sort of two connecting here. Okay. Andrew wrote in, who comes out of the lineup when Johns is healthy? Jeffrey writes in, when Johns is healthy and Rads comes back, who all goes down? And does Dowling play himself into a spot on the roster? I wanted to combine those two because yeah, it's, it's all related. It's, it's, it's all connect- related. Um, so we're thinking that Johns maybe by Sunday. Um, Sunday for Johns. Well, look, he's going he's gonna to slot right in. In in the in the, top, in the for, six for this for this exercise we'll we'll assume Johns is is you want to call him second pair right defenseman or are they going to ease him as maybe the third? Um, I, one, think, I think first game he's eased in, but we so can here's assume, the, we here's can the, assume the, Johns is the he's top. in. Yes, he's so in. here's the the debate on this, and maybe we're getting too into it. Is that you could see because it's his first game of the year, the stars going with Lindell and Klingberg. Mathot, Haskinen, and then the third pairing being Johns and one of the other rights playing on the offside. Yes, you can see that. But that won't last because I think the Stars will be absolutely drooling over the chance of having Klingberg, Johns, and and uh, and then one of the three, Carrot, yes. Pellock, or Honka on the right, and then having Mathot, Klingberg, or excuse me, Lindell, Mathot, and Haskinen as your three lefts. And I think actually, and I think you look at a spot where. The stars want to wait until to make sure Johns is ready for that minute load. Right for twenty but once, plus. But once Johns is ready for that minute load, I think it's him and Miro. Yeah, I do too, and I, that allows you to get Mathot as the third pairing with Carrick, Honka, or uh, Polak. And it, what's interesting, Sean, is that you can in-game shift to uh, if they want. You could put Mathot and Johns on the PK as the, yes. the number one shutdown pair or late in games if you want to do that. Although the way Heisk, that uh, Miro has been playing, he may not be coming out for those situations. No, no, he might not. Here's be. the thing, though. The other part of the question is is when it's not when Radulov comes back in because they have an open spot since yeah. they played 11 tonight. Yeah. The question is is that what happens when Val Nachushkin is ready? And I get the feeling that he may not be ready for Thursday's game against Anaheim. I don't think he will. We don't know for sure, but we'll see. We don't know. I mean, yeah. I think that if Justin Dowling puts up another performance like he did tonight, 
it's going to be hard for them to take him out of the lineup. But what I think really happens, and you saw this tonight because they dressed 7D, is Jamel Smith's spot on the NHL roster is very much up in the air. Don't you uh, think? I think I think Jamel not just up in the air. I think Jamel Smith stays on the NHL roster are numbered. I'd even go you that far so? to say that because um, I think once you get to the point where Johns is healthy, this team is going to carry eight defensemen again. I know people aren't going to like that, but they are going to carry eight defensemen. Yeah, um, I don't think they want to want to risk giving up a no. Polak or Carrick or, or especially not Honka because of his age. Uh, at the moment, and they like the depth. So yeah, they're not gonna, they're not going. It's to... tough for Gavin Bayreuther down in the AHL who thought he was pretty close to making it, mm-hmm. but hey, this is a tough business. So they're gonna it's gonna be thirteen eight. That's what it's gonna be as far as roster size. Yeah, thirteen forwards, eight defensemen. And um, they have some forwards they can call up like Rope Hints is there or Dennis yeah. Gurionov who are don't need to uh, go through waivers. Well, you don't need to use waivers on anyone who's down. I mean, to call up someone No, up, but I mean to yeah, send them yeah, back down. Yeah, yeah. Right? You, if yeah. you need a guy, you, have you can call a, a guy up, so and then you can send him right back down. I mean, I look at it where... Plus, you have Dowling uh, sort of as a swing guy at the yeah. moment. Smith, to me, his days on the NHL roster are numbered because if Dowling has another game like he did tonight, all of a sudden... How do you take a guy out of the lineup who is actually helping generate scoring chances? And he's in your top six, I think. I yes. think he's just a, a really good complement to your second line. He gives a really good face-off option. I, I liked Shore, Dowling, and Spezza. They split him up a bunch because they were rotating. But you're right. How could you? If he, but he knows, and we talked about yeah. this with Dowling this morning and yesterday as well. Is he knows how limited his opportunities at age 28 will be that he has to play well, but not overdo it at the same time. Yeah. Be smart, do the right things, and, you know, if the opportunity exists or presents itself, take it. He has a chance to, to stick for for some time if, if, he, uh, yeah. if he does that. Uh, Drake writes in, Kings look lost. Let's not use this game as a measurement. What say you? I mean, there were a couple – and actually Alex wrote in the same thing. I'm trying not to get too excited about early wins, just like I'm not getting too down about early losses. Kings are really bad. Stars death look great tonight. I mean, it's. Are we? Are we? I just think. We, I don't know if we have to bag on the I Kings having a tough I, start. But I don't think. And I also don't think. Don't you think the depth was important tonight? Because was, this wasn't just a Ben Sagan and Radulov and Klingberg. It's the first. Tonight. It's the first time the Stars won a game this season without Ben Sagan or Radulov scoring. A goal, right? And, yep. Um. I don't think we are. This is. I mean. I don't think we've ever at one point overhyped this win while we've been talking. I think I think we've given it proper context. No, we've said that this was not a complete performance. Not a I think the better game for them was the Winnipeg game, yeah. where you said, wow, they really dominated a good team. Uh, or the, the Ducks one where they were outplaying them but couldn't score. This one was ugly, but they got it done. And I mean, results well, what, what, do you, what do you take from this one? They ended a losing streak, which was huge, and... They did what they had to do. You have to play the person in front of you. And they got some balance. Yeah, and that's important. Right. You, have to, you have to play the person in front of you, and that's what they did. And they, got, think, they got some depth yeah. that they can build on. There's things to build on. It's a building block game. It's not a game. Is it a measuring stick? No, it's a building block. One more question for you tonight on our lightning round. Tyler writes in, do you think Dickinson could be seeing top six minutes anytime in the near future? Guy has been fantastic, and Montgomery said this was his best game of the year. Top six minutes. Um... Problem is, I don't think they've seen Jason Dickinson do the things they would want him to do in the top six as far as a 
to replace one of the other guys already there. Because the reason Justin Dowling was in the top six tonight was because they were le- we're looking for a guy who can bring some creativity yes. and open space on the rush. They're not looking for guys. We they're not looking for the uh, just a hard charging four checker. Although, look, Rope Hintz had a chance and he wasn't able to deliver. Yeah. He's young, unlike Dowling, who is still young. He's 28, but not Rope Hintz age. Yeah. He Hintz will have many more opportunities, and he needs to go down and play and and continue to get better with the finer things. Dowling gives gives them a chance to show a different style of play. Hintz's problem to me is his is the contracts. It's like I actually think that this team is it's it's the thing that a GM will never do. But if you're looking to build your best team, I think you have to get radical and you go and you. I don't think. I mean, I know there was some comments from the coach about what Brett Ritchie did tonight and things like that. But personally, I've yet to see Brett Ritchie. Be better than Rope Hintz. Um, I've yet, I've yet. Yeah, but you know what? The one thing for your fourth line that Richie ha- does bring is a physical element. Not saying that Rope Hintz can't play physical, but there's the fighting element. I don't think Hintz has that in his game. Yeah, but I don't care about having a fighter. I, I know, but like, Rick, there's you. You say that, and I agree with you for the most part. But tell me that there haven't been a couple of impactful moments where he did that earlier this season where you don't see Jamie Ben fighting because we don't want to see that on a regular basis. And here's the thing. I didn't think Richie was bad tonight. I'm not I, saying I, I, I always I, I didn't think he was bad. I, I just I think right. I think Hintz brings more to your team. Which is funny because not long ago we were talking about Brett Ritchie being a viable top six power forward because he has that scoring shot. If he can get into the spot, he he has a heavy shot. He doesn't have an accurate shot. But he hasn't really been able to translate that into lots of goals. But that's I mean that's the thing we've learned about Richie. It's something that I I was streakiness. I was a victim of this myself. Not a victim. I was a person who fell victim to this belief as well. We always talked about Richie having that high quality NHL shot. He always had that high quality NHL. He can score from the slot if he has. He has that heavy shot, but he doesn't have the accurate shot. Accurate enough shot to be an NHL finisher at this point. Yeah, we'll see whether that that continues to be that way or not. Um, when when all said and done, though, I think Dickinson is at this point he is a really good fourth line center who can step up and play third line wing if you need to. Um, but I, I think he I think he didn't get enough run there, but I think he actually is a good fit with Fox if you gave it a chance. Yes, uh, instead of Yanmark. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, yeah, obviously, there's. I'm not saying to bump Yanmark. They, they all fit there. They all fit there. I'm just Yanmark saying, yeah. could play with Spezza and Dickinson, or mm-hmm. with Dowling, or but Shores had two good games in a row. That's nice. Um, it'll be interesting to see when Val is healthy, where he goes, and where if he could be part of that, or if. He has to work well, his way up. At this, I mean, at this point right now, and it's not. This is just from what I've seen so far. Val Nichushkin has been nothing more than a fourth binder to me right now. He had his, a brief flash in that one game at home when they played with Radulov and Spezza. They looked really good. And then they, it was in against Anaheim, and then they went on the road. And Spezza was okay, but the other two didn't. They got split up, and they put Radulov back with Ben and Sagan. So. It'll be very interesting to see how it all pans out. I did notice, Sean, tonight that Richie and Dowling were paired together a few times. And if you recall, and I'm sure you do, that back when the Stars won the, the Texas Stars won the Calder Cup, that second line was Dowling centering Brett Richie and Mike Hedden. And that was a phenomenal line behind the Curtis McKenzie, Travis Moore, and Colton Sevier. We're going deep line. into memory lane, aren't we here? Well, I, if it's, you go yeah, back and think about yeah. it, that trio 
of Richie and, and Dowling and Hedden was good. So Richie and Dowling had uh, a chemistry and maybe it was Dowling that helped give Richie the goals. And some of, I mean, some of Richie's best moments of a pro in the AHL had come on Justin Dowling's wing. That's what I'm thinking. So, so maybe you never know. Interesting. Well, we will see. Um, it'll be fascinating to see what happens Thursday because it's a Ducks team that lost again tonight. They've lost three in a row. It's a team that'll come in a bit hungry. And also a team that uh, I'm sure they're not going to forget the uh, how the last game ended here. So And can the Stars, having gotten out of their losing skid, carry the same kind of hunger and desperation and intensity and match a Ducks team which you know mm-hmm. is going to be feeling it because of the losing skid and how well John Gibson played. He got chased last time, but it wasn't because of, of him. In fact, he was the reason why it wasn't a nine-goal Stars game. All right, CarCast, back at it. One more before the big six-game road trip over, of course, because we don't carpool on road games. There won't be a CarCast for a couple weeks. So we'll be back Thursday, though. We promise.